0: Welcome back to the Edge Athlete Lounge Podcast. I'm Laura Ohms and hosting this episode today with Stephanie Lane. Stephanie comes to us as an experienced marathoner. She's actually running, racing her 13th marathon in less than two weeks, the Chicago Marathon. Um, She is also a mom of three with kids aged 11, 9, and 7. She works full-time. And she is a cancer survivor of four years, so we're so excited to have her on today to share a little bit of her story with us. So welcome, Stephanie. Thank you. I'm so
1: happy to be here with you.
0: Yeah, it's so great to have you on. Um, I was just hearing with Stephanie that the first time I was introduced to her was... Um, through Robin, um, verbally, I I, like didn't meet Stephanie face to face, but Robin was like, um, we have this awesome new member and she has such an amazing story and she just does it all. And so then, yeah, I finally met Stephanie and, um, saw for myself just, yeah, what an amazing athlete she is. And, um, (laughs) And mom and just fighter and, you know, one who really perseveres. So, um, yeah, so we're happy to have you on and share a little bit about those things with us. Um, But, yeah, I thought we could just start with you sharing a little bit of how how did you even get into the, you know, endurance community um, way back when, when you started marathoning? Yeah,
1: so I was, you know, that classic high school three-sport athlete who never really – Ran other than for conditioning for specific sports, so I never ran track or cross country. And then when I got to college and drank and ate a little too much, started <laughs> kind of jogging around campus and turned into a 5K. That turned into a 10K. And then after I graduated, uh, moved to Dallas and did my first marathon the year after I moved to Dallas, just as like a means to meet people and get out and learn the city and just continue to be active and that was the white rock lake marathon and in, in dallas and the I think it was 1998 was my first marathon so I'm not a classically trained or coached runner I just kind of stumbled into it I guess.
0: Yeah and so from that first marathon was there something like that ignited in you like okay I I love this or did it take time sort of like for the love of the sport to catch up with you?
1: No I'm pretty sure I loved it right from the beginning it was a little bit of solitude a little bit of my own grit a little bit of something I'd never done before but also the that old feeling of being competitive and trying to stay in shape and Mm -hmm. do it with other people and just kind of be out and about as much as I could. So I think it just appealed to me on a a number of levels. And I traveled for work at the time and it was just an easy way to also find exercise when I wasn't home.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. It's a good, yeah. Fitted in on those um, trips away, Mm -hmm. uh, which takes intention too. Um, So yeah, that's awesome that you figured out a way to do that. So 13th marathon, where have all of them taken place? Like what are some of the cities that you've been in? So
1: I started with Dallas um, and then I ran uh, I think I ran Marine Corps Marathon, maybe next. I ran Chicago while I was living in Dallas. I had no idea I would end up living in Chicago. Wow. Um, I ran Tampa Marathon. I lived in Tampa for a few years after we left Dallas. Ran New York, Cleveland, Ohio, Columbus, Ohio, and then Chicago. So, Wow. Um, I have family in Cleveland. I grew up in Ohio, so Cleveland and Columbus are pretty fun. There was a lot of family and friends and things there, so... Um, yeah, I mean, the one that's just elusive is Boston.
0: <laughs> hey, don't... But I'm okay could, with it. <laughs> it definitely could be on your radar in the future. That yeah. is for sure. Yeah. Well, you've got a lot of miles on your legs, too, and mm-hmm. that is in your favor, absolutely. And um, and you've been training with groups and mm-hmm. like community more than in the past. Is that right? Right. So when yeah. I
1: started running, I trained with this group from the really great running store in Dallas called Luke's. And it was a family run business and they had a great training program and these rock star athletic sons that started the business and started the programs. And I believe they followed what was, I don't even know if it still exists. USA fit was the training program or idea that they Mm -hmm. followed. And when I moved to Tampa, I found another USA fit group. I trained with groups. And when I moved to Chicago, I met, my first like five friends here in the city were all runners that were friends of friends and people who introduced me to them. And to this day, we're all still friends. I still run with one of them regularly. Some of you listening maybe met my friend Jill this summer through training. Her and I have run together since before she was married, before I had babies, like before she had babies. So wow. I always had a group to run with. Um, and then the last couple of years, I kind of did it on my own. And the first time I did it on my own was, I was like proud of myself and it went okay. And then... Last year just was not great, and I had conversations with Robin, and she sort of called me out and put me on the spot a couple of times, and <laughs> everything she said was right. so and she does I, so well I know. many so of us. <laughs> so, so then I joined um, the EDGE training program for this season.
0: Okay, yeah. It
1: kind of took me back to being with the group again, and yeah, I really enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, that's great. Yeah, definitely – Um, Definitely pushes you in new ways, Um, not just physically, but, you know, I think mentally and emotionally too when you're with those people and just like pounding out the miles Mm -hmm. week after week because you guys do your long run together and then you also have a tempo night you do together Mm -hmm. too, right? They do, but I'm not able oh. to make it to tempo night because oh, no. of family
1: things. Okay, I've got, well, that makes know, with sense. With the kids, yeah. per, um, school and after school activities like 6 o'clock on Tuesdays, or 6.30 on Tuesdays. It doesn't work for you. It doesn't work. So I've had to wing that one myself, but there's... There's a nice group of folks that likes to run in the zero-dark 30-hour that I've been meeting up oh, with boy. for runs on Thursday mornings and things. So oh, I've been nice. able to still find the group during the week when I've needed it.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. Cool. While well, you're able to balance a lot, that's for sure. I know we don't need to talk too much about family life, but having <laughs> three kids and marathon training and working full-time is a lot on your plate. So are there times when sometimes you think, like, you're crazy? Or do you, like, always have, like, a groundedness about, you know, how you're spending your time? Yeah, I
1: think... That? I think if you talk to anyone who's a parent, right, you have those moments where you're like, I got this. And you just, it works. And you've got it together. And you're having a good time. And you're like the perfect parent and everything you thought you would be. <laughs> and then there's days where you're like, I am a disaster. Like, how did I end up here? I've totally screwed this up. I'm screwing this kid up. Like, you know, just, (laughs) you know, it's like anything else in your life. You have these ups and downs, but the added pressure of like affecting little people's lives makes it a little bit more like personal and hard to deal with. Um, so yeah, I mean, I certainly have times where I feel like it's all in sync, but I travel, my husband travels. I have kids that play hockey, which is a really challenging demanding sport and there are times that it definitely feels like the wheels are coming off but sure running actually has sort of like keeps me feeling like I have consistency somewhere right because and it's on me to do it doesn't Mm -hmm. depend on or require anybody else so I feel like it's kind of that thing that's stayed true for most of my
0: Hmm.
1: post-college adult
0: life Yeah, that reminds me, it's sort of all about perspective sometimes, you know, because you could, somebody, an outsider objectively could look in and say like, wow, that's so many things and, you know, Mm -hmm. it sounds like too much. Um, but for you to be able to look at it and say, "Hey, this is actually the thing that like keeps me grounded and nourished, so that I can do the other things yeah. and I can be able to give, you know, to my kids and my husband too." So
1: yeah, my husband yeah. will openly tell anyone, "I I need to run," <laughs> like he'll kick <laughs> me out sometimes or tell me,
0: "Yeah, get you out.
1: Need, you need to go work out."
0: <laughs> yeah, well, that's he knows yeah. like it's important that you get that and what it does for you. So that's good. Yeah. All right, so yeah, you told us a little bit about you met Robin. Mm-hmm. So did you meet? Um, did you find edge through a friend? Is that right? Yeah. So
1: I live on Polina street, which is just two blocks from edge and yeah, two blocks, I guess. And a a neighbor and good friend of mine, um, Stephanie McCallum, who's also a member, we were chatting one day, you know, in the neighborhood and she said something like, did you see that place over there? And I was like, what place? And we just started talking. We realized we had both seen it, but didn't really know what it was. And I think she had reached out to Robin, like a week or so before I did but I remember calling for the first time and talking to Robin on the phone and just sort of asking like what it was all about and if I could come take a peek and I think I signed up like on the spot (laughs) (laughs) so yeah Yeah. so um I credit my friend Stephanie with like poking me and saying, Hey, did you check that place out yet?
0: So yeah. And you guys are both still there. The Stephanie mm-hmm. club. There's other Stephanie's too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, we love seeing you guys. That's awesome. And yeah, so many, so many friendships have formed there, but then also, yeah, mm-hmm. like people have brought, um, brought others in, um, which has been really neat to see too. So yeah, Tell us a little bit about how you're feeling about the Chicago Marathon coming up, this being your 13th and having, you know, gotten in the rhythm, training this summer with the group. Yeah. How are you feeling?
1: I feel pretty good. Um, I feel, I guess thinking back, I feel better prepared this year than I was last year. Um, I do have a little bit of that, like, oh, I didn't have a great race. What's going to happen this year? But I'm trying to let that go. Mm-hmm. Um I've put, you know, a hold on work travel. I've promised myself I'm not going to work late the next couple of weeks and made a bunch of adjustments so that I can kind of chill That's and great. That's per- really smart. prepare. That's yeah. um, But like I was telling you before we started, I have days where I'm totally fine with it and then other days where I think, which is normal, everyone is a little nervous. It's a big, de- you know, it's a big deal. Like, it is. No matter how many times you do it, there's just so many miles and so much time and so many factors like you just can't predict or prepare for everything right um, but I think that's part of the allure and like why people continue to do it so yeah. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it I'm really excited to have like ingrained myself a little bit more with Edge and met way more people you know through this training program and um, feel really good about the fact that I'll probably not have to spend too many miles alone in this race that's so, great I'm looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, you actually you sound quite grounded and now is the time I think people have like the taper crazies. Yeah. <laughs> so um, and I know you mentioned, you know, there's ups and downs and um we certainly have bouts of anxiety during these like last couple of weeks before right. a big event, but, um, but sounds like you have great perspective and, you know, you've put the time in and, and I, I mentioned earlier, it's like, trust the training. Just yeah. keep that phrase in mind. Um, because it's, it's true. You know, you put the time in, so it's like you control what you can control. And then like you said, let go of the rest. So, right. Yeah. Um, well, you have uh, a little bit of a unique story that we wanted to share or highlight a little mm-hmm. bit more about. Tonight. And, um, and that is that you were diagnosed with cancer four years ago Mm -hmm. and, um, you're a cancer survivor and, um, you've come back to marathoning. Um, and we were talking a little bit earlier about how that transition happened and how you decided to, you know, get back into running, um, post that experience. So Mm -hmm. can you just share a little bit of, of your journey and, and that light? Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I was diagnosed actually on new year's Eve of, um, 2013. Wow. Um it was just one of those classic stories and at the risk of like boring people to death of, you know, I found the lump myself and I called my doctor and went in within a month to see her. And it was, well, feels like a cyst, let's check this out. Went down the classic path of ultrasound, mammogram, biopsy, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, um I had cancer in my left breast and I don't have a family history. I'm not genetically predispositioned for it. Um, just sort of one of those things where everyone told me, You're the last person we thought would ever get this. You take care of yourself, you're so healthy, et cetera. But so um, my treatment was several surgeries as well as um, 16 rounds of chemotherapy. The first eight weeks were every week, the last treatments were four treatments over the course of eight weeks. So that started, like, in, I think my first treatment was in February of 2014, and my last treatment was the end of June 2014, and then I took a few weeks off to get stronger again and started radiation in the middle of July of 2014, and radiation is five days a week for about 30 days, and I, at that moment, um, realized, like, I'm so close to getting through all of the treatment, I want to try and start to find little Pieces of myself again, and not feel like such a patient anymore. Mm-hmm. It was really important for me to try and find ways to be, continue to be positive about doing the right thing for myself and for my family. I mean, I'm I went very aggressively at my diagnosis. I did um, the most aggressive treatment that I could find. I started right away. I got the surgery right away, um, and. So when I finished with chemo and started to like just feel better again, even though I was stone cold bald like Carrie Black, (laughs) (laughs) I um, just wanted to like take back something. And so I started riding my bike to radiation every morning. So I live in Bucktown. I was treated at Northwestern for radiation. So it was like four and a half or five mile bike ride. So, you know, a solid 10 mile round trip bike ride to and from. Treatment and I just found so much peace in that. In a way that mm. I was feeling myself getting stronger. You know, I I felt really good about getting out there and doing it myself. I didn't need someone to drive me there. So mm. um, my husband would ride with me. When my parents came to town, they would ride with me. We'd make a morning out of it and get breakfast. And I had a couple more surgeries after that. And um, you know, once I healed properly. And a doctor said, you know, yeah, you can start going back to your regular workout routine, whatever you feel comfortable with doing. And so little mm-hmm. jogs here and there, light weights. I did a ton of yoga, a mm-hmm. ton of yoga, just because I've had five surgeries. Um, wow. That, that includes, so yeah, it's, that includes like a lymph node dissection to see if I had had any spread from the uh-huh. original cancer site, which I didn't. Um, So there's like a lot, you know, there's a lot of scar tissue on the one side of my body. And yoga was a huge recovery factor for me because Mm -hmm. the one thing I just remember saying to my doctor is, you know, I'm still young enough and like to be active. And I have really little kids. At the time, my youngest was only three. Wow. Um, I said, I want to throw a ball. You know, I want to be able to do things with my kids that I think I should be able to do. And so I did a lot of rehab and a lot of yoga before I went back to running again. Mm -hmm. So I think um, just having been like a very active and athletic person in my teens and having run marathons before was a huge recovery factor for me. I had many doctors tell me that I bounced back from surgery really well. I handled chemotherapy really well. I handled a lot of things, um, maybe better than some expected. And they Mm -hmm. said it was probably because i just had stayed active for so much of my life and got back to it as soon as i could.
0: Mhm. Yeah, sounds like I mean you were extremely proactive in so many ways and you know, not just staying active, but it sounds just like your perspective and where you were in your mental space mm-hmm. sounds i don't know, i want to say healthy as as healthy as it can be mm-hmm. um, you know, to whatever extent, but obviously you were thinking about not just yourself, but your family, like you said. And, um, and you're obviously such a a go-getter too. So it sounds like you were very solution focused and, (laughs) and just kept plowing on through. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a lot of
1: that too. My husband is like that. He's so incredible. And I mean, we're high school sweethearts too. So we've known each other for so long and Mm. his parents and my parents and my siblings and his siblings. I mean, I couldn't, even though they don't live here, they all live in Cleveland. The support that they gave and the availability they offered, even though they lived far away, was, I just can't imagine. I just hope someday that I could be that helpful to somebody, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So I think having little children, too, was a big thing. Like, there's definitely a piece of you that feels responsible to keep it together. Um, and continue to be the mom that they know
0: yeah
1: and so losing my hair was like a big deal for them you know because mommy is very much who you sound and look like to a three-year-old exactly Uh, and so there's a lot of emphasis on on myself um, to try and get back to that person as quickly as possible and you know exercising and being active was like the quickest way cuz i can't make my hair grow back any faster you know so right. finding that was one other thing ways, that you could there was one thing control. i could like yeah Somewhat. fast forward a little bit <laughs> yeah yeah that makes so much sense so, yeah
0: yeah yeah really um like just the image of you biking to your radiation treatments is just mm-hmm. like so profound to me and striking that i think you said like you um, like you came to that, this point of like, I need to do this. And this mm-hmm. is something that I can do for myself. And, mm-hmm. you know, nobody told you to, or forced you to, but it was sort of just like this empowering moment of yeah. like, I need to do this. Yeah.
1: And the radiation technicians and the doctors and everyone like knew it. Cause I'd come in like a little bit sweaty carrying <laughs> my bike helmet, you know? And so there was yeah. like a special spot to put my helmet, like Aww. on the nurse's station and stuff. Like they were just so, they helped embrace it, which, you know, they're just wonderful. We have such great resources here in Chicago.
0: Yeah. Such a great example of, yeah, just, um, making the choice to, to be active and to do what you can to control a situation that probably felt extremely uncontrollable. I Mm -hmm. mean, I can't imagine, but Mm -hmm. yeah, you taking those steps. So, wow, that's, that's really neat. Thanks for sharing all of that. Of course. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about the charity that you've become involved with. I know, like you run for them, and mm-hmm. you've also done some other, um, provided some other support. So tell me about that. Sure. So uh, this will be my second time running for charity
1: for the marathon, and I'm running for Immerman Angels. Um, they offer one-on-free one-on-one cancer support to those that are diagnosed and caregivers as well. And um, unfortunately, we had a friend who was going through cancer. Right when I was diagnosed, and this was his like number one recommendation was to call them. Um, they're here in Chicago, uh, and you know just the support that I received from the woman that I was assigned to as my mentor angel is what they call them. Um, she just I remember getting off the phone with her at like nine thirty at night, and my husband was like sitting next to me, sort of listening to the conversation. And I just looked at him, and he looked at me, and he was like. I can already tell that worked. Like mm. he will tell people to this day how important it was for me to talk to someone. Um, and just, you know, he wholeheartedly believes it as much as I do that it's such a beneficial and important part, I think, of dealing with your treatment and diagnosis. So when mm. I was feeling mentally well enough to tackle whether I wanted to become some sort of mentor or a supporter. Um, I gave them a call and I talked to them about it. And um, the first time they called me, I hung up the phone and called them right back. And I apologized because I, I said, I'm, I'm not ready. I'm really, really sorry. And I feel terrible, but I just don't think I'm ready yet. And they were great about it. And they just sort of threw me back in the queue. And then like four mm-hmm. months later, they called me, a woman that was my age, children, work full time, married. And actually, only lived like a mile and a half away from me. Almost the same diagnosis, and that happened seven more times after that. So I have seven more, seven times, more times that you got
0: matched with somebody. Seven times. Wow. So I've
1: mentored eight women through various stages of their diagnosis or treatment. Um, some I've talked to many times. Some I've only talked to once, and maybe followed up with a couple of emails. You, uh-huh. you be whoever they need you to be. Okay. And you're there whenever. You know, they, need they potentially you. need you, whether it's for an hour or two phone call or a couple of questions over email. So huh. I've met some really extraordinary people. I've also met some people that I felt like I would, could not be there as much for as maybe they needed, but because they physically didn't even live in the state. And it, it's, sure. it's a hard thing, but um, I don't think I'll ever stop. I'll, I'll stay in their database as long as they'll have me. And so, right now, I'm fundraising for them again, Mm -hmm. and um, it just gives a whole new level of, like, purpose to the marathon. I mean, I know there's a ton of charity runners, and I've talked to several people at Edge who are doing really great things for other charities as well, which I think is so great. Um, Uh But... When yeah. You run so. for
0: something that you feel super passionate about. And yeah. there's a lot of great causes out there. But yeah. yeah, this one you are extremely connected to. Yeah. It's so amazing that you receive so much support from them. And then when you are ready and able to give back, you've given back like tenfold. Yeah. Um, it sounds like a really amazing program. And I actually have not heard of it. So I'm glad I know of it.
1: Yeah. So they also offer support for caregivers too. And, Awesome. So if you're a spouse or a sibling or a parent or a child or even if you're you know you've lost someone and you need to talk to someone who's lost someone, they offer it not just for quote the patient, but sure. for whomever needs the support.
0: Yeah, that's really great. It sounds like mm-hmm. super thorough. Yeah, um, yeah, resource for you know anybody in the family. Yeah. And so, and you mentioned the type of support you provide for people is really um, could be anything from like one quick phone call Mm -hmm. to like multiple times of meeting with somebody. It's whatever they need. Whatever they need. Um, The woman that was assigned to me,
1: we had probably a dozen phone calls. Sometimes we're only ten or fifteen minutes in checking in, Mm -hmm. and um, she even showed up at my house one time and brought me scarves and hats and lotions and wigs and like all kinds of things. Um, So it's really like up to the mentee, you know, how far you take that. Because, you know, you don't want to encroach too much on their personal life. It's a hard time, you know. And so you just kind of want to be there when you need them. But um, they offer some other services, too. Like, they can assist with, you know, talking. They don't make medical, you know, recommendations necessarily Mm -hmm. or try and advise you on treatment. Mm -hmm. But there's other services that they also have. But that's Mm -hmm. their primary objective and what they were founded on the basis of Mm -hmm. was providing this mentorship style support
0: yeah and I can see how important that would be um you know that it's like maybe somebody objective and not somebody that's like already intertwined with your right. life that you can just talk right. to somebody freely who maybe has some sort of experience with what you're going through yeah. but is not tied to right you would actually yeah it's really neat um awesome well, I think we're going to wrap up sure. soon, but um, tell us a little bit about like upcoming goals for you before we do. I mean, like anything you want to do for the marathon, this marathon, or just like, let's say even in 2019, anything that's on your radar that, you know, you're going to be training for or you're thinking about?
1: Um, I haven't really gotten much past the marathon because um, it does require so much time and with three kids and working full time and traveling and, I have a husband that I still really love and like to spend time with. (laughs) It spends a lot of, you know, it requires a lot of time away and a lot of juggling. And so I always kind of promise them that I take a break after the marathon over winter because it's hockey season, which is travel and practice and early mornings and the suburbs and things. So it just, I try and take that layer of complexity out of our schedule. But my goal this year is to, for the first time in a very long time, continue to maintain Over the winter, I haven't done that in I don't know how many years since probably before I was treated and diagnosed because Mm -hmm. I've just been taking like winter off. Uh Um, So I think like for 2019, I want to continue to just do some more like winter training and running, whether I find a race locally or somewhere else fine, but I just want to kind of keep it going.
0: Yeah. That's, that sounds like a fantastic goal. When you mentioned like seasons, like I have a great, much greater appreciation for different seasons of training now that I have a baby. Um, yeah. (laughs) Just realizing like it is really tough to keep it consistent for a long period of time. And so, and of course, you know, just having an off season in general is healthy for anybody, but can look so many different ways for people, whether it's like a couple weeks or literally a season. Right. Um, (laughs) so yeah, I'm in a little bit of an off season right now but um yeah when the time is right I'll I'll yeah get it going again but I certainly appreciate that um so that sounds good Mm -hmm. all right well is there anything else that you wanted to share that we haven't covered
1: no I think you guys know way more about me now than you did 30 minutes ago yeah yeah, absolutely yeah (laughs) no yeah yeah I think it's um I think this is a really fun opportunity for me and I, I appreciate the opportunity to talk about it and if People have learned or found something of use or interest. Um, you know, I'm happy. And certainly for anyone out there, if you ever find yourself in the situation of receiving a diagnosis like mine, I am more than happy to be a resource and, and talk to people and just kind of be available.
0: Yeah, that's great. That's really good to know. Yeah, whether or not through the official mm-hmm. charity or not, now everybody knows. Right. Yeah, a little bit of who Stephanie is and <laughs> that she um, has experience walking that road, her own road, and everybody's is different, but um, mm-hmm. is happy to be a support. So thanks for saying that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hope somebody takes you up on that because you know, we've, we've all been affected by diagnoses in some mm-hmm. way, that's for sure. So, all right. Well, thank you so much, Stephanie. It's great to be with you tonight. Thank you. This was really great. Major congratulations to Stephanie as she conquered the Chicago Marathon this past weekend and came away with a post-cancer PR. Amazing. Stephanie, we're so proud of you and the way you've just attacked the hard things that you faced with grace and grit and a real fire inside. I should also mention that Stephanie was quick to add that she wouldn't have done it without her running friend Jill, who she mentioned earlier on this episode, who was by her side the whole time. Can't say enough about finding that team around you to help you achieve your goals. We can do so much more together than alone. As many of you may be aware, October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, so we found it to be perfect timing to release this episode now, highlighting Stephanie's journey. We know that every story is different when it comes to matters like these, but we also know there is always support out there for those who want or need it. At EDGE, we care about you and your health, and we encourage you to be proactive about it and to reach out to get the help you need to face whatever it is that comes along your way. If you or anyone you know is dealing with a cancer diagnosis and you want to check out Immerman Angels, which Stephanie referred to on this episode, you can find them at immermanangels.org. Link is in the show notes. Of course, there are many other support resources available as well. Bottom line, don't face hard things alone. Lastly, as always, we'd love for you to leave us a review on Apple Podcast. And also to keep up with what's going on at Edge, you can find Edge Athlete Lounge on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Okay, everyone, great to be with you, and we'll see you next month with a new episode.